fearless warrior known as Red Sonja embarks on a quest to both avenge the murder of her family and rid her kingdom of tyrannical rule from the evil Queen Ghidran. Hello everyone, I'm Kale Lujay. I'm Connor Izagiri. Welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. Today, we'll be talking about the 1985 fantasy epic Conan spinoff, but not Conan spinoff, Red Sonja. Uh, made an attempt to expand on the hit Conan films, it would go down much differently. A box office bomb and reviled by critics, it would fade into obscurity and be a black sheep in an, in an admittedly short-lived film franchise. Connor, for the scores. Well, Red Sonja is rocking a 21%. I'm not saying it right throughout this whole thing. A 21% critic score and a 28% audience score. Everyone hated this. This is, you know, as I called him in my letterbox review, great value, Conan, which is a shame because those two, even Conan the Destroyer isn't terrible, but how dare this movie try to be in the same class as Conan the Barbarian. Uh, Curtis Consensus reads, dull, poorly directed, and badly miscast. Red Sonja is an uninspired conclusion to Schwarzenegger's Barbarian trilogy. So, yeah, pretty on the on the nose there. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into development. Oh, there's a reason I keep saying spinoff, not a spinoff. There's a whole weird thing about that. Conan's uh, expensive. Calador's cheap. <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll get into that. But yeah, it's it's weird because you you know Conan when in the echelon of Schwarzenegger's film roles. That Barbarian has always placed up there as far as one of his greatest ones he's ever done. That's the one that um, put him on the map as a movie star, pretty much. I mean, we all think it was Terminator, but he got Terminator because of Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. So, you know, when that's one of his most highly regarded roles. I know he's been trying to get that King Conan off the ground for years now. Um, so it was like, it makes sense, especially in the 80s, with his star power, with two relatively successful. I know people don't like Destroyer as much, but it was still a pretty big hit. Yeah. Um, be like, hey, how can we expand this and get like more out of it? It's based off a of kind con- like there's pre-existing material out there of this, of this war. So I was like, well, what can we do? And they went with the the option of like, well, let's do this character. She's a pretty big character in the, in the comics and the books and whatnot. Um, so why not? And it just did not take, at all. Yeah, it's like just because Arnold Schwarzenegger was like a, hulking bodybuilder who didn't really speak English that well doesn't mean Red Sonja also has to be. A, you know, pretty hulking woman who doesn't speak English that well. <laughs> it's just weird that they tried to basically make female Conan in all the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah, well, there's some producer we'll name that. It's not, it's not his first time on this show. <laughs> um, he, he's attached. Before we do that, I can't with a good question. It's a general question, but a good one. Because this is a fantasy film, and we have seen very recently... On TV, at least, between Lord of the Rings coming back, um, House of the Dragon. Um, fantasy is hotter than ever, one could say. And people love it to the same, you know, obviously, with things like Lord of the Rings and whatnot. Um, my question is, what do you think is audience's fascination and enjoyment of this particular genre of film? And really, entertainment. You know, books and games and yeah. stuff, too. Well, it's, you know, fantastical shit we'll never touch. You know, no one's ever going to ride a dragon. No one's ever going to be king of a magical world. 
but you know, a lot like uh, we had just talked, like we just talked about. Um, we had an episode recently where we had a question similar to this. We probably did, and I'm fucking my yeah, So of am course. I. But it was about, you know, oh, it's, it was celebrity. It was about mm. celebrity. Uh, I'm still here. That's what the that's what it was. But yeah, most of us live mundane lives where we have very little excitement and you know memorable giant landmarks in our lives. So when we see you know celebrity or fantasy or sci-fi and big monumental cool shit, we we get attached to it because we're like, oh, I wish my life was that cool. Yeah. Well, and I think it's like especially fantasy presents to me the biggest elements of like things you can disappear into, right? Like dragons and monsters and being a brave, strong warrior that gets the beautiful, you know, princess or other, you know, in this case, female warrior. Um, well, look at Harry Potter. I mean, you know, that, that book and movie starts out, he's an abused child who his family, adopted family, doesn't care about. He's neglected. He has nothing going on in his life. And then out of nowhere, he's the chosen one, the boy who lived, the most important person in this other fantastical world where he has friends and it's powerful and is respected and is beloved. And it's like, yeah, we would all love to have that moment where like a giant wizard comes up to our door and is like, hey, man, I'm going to take you to a magical place where everyone loves you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, sure. <laughs> well, or like in Lord of the Rings, he's just a regular everyday hobbit that then is like, hey, you have to go on this big old mission to destroy this ring. And it the, the, the fate of humanity and all, all other creatures who live in this realm, they depend on it. So good luck, bud. Yeah, it is, you know, it's it's the, the hero's journey. We all love the hero's journey. We all want a hero's journey. We all want to think we're special. We all want to have that moment in our lives where it's like, oh, shit, the fate of the world is on my shoulders. Only I can save everybody. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I must be special. I must be important. When in reality, 98% of us aren't. <laughs> yeah. And what's great, it's, it's not just in film. Like, you look at, like, the broad spectrum, just fantasy. Like, obviously, there's tons of books, which a lot of the films are based off of. Um, look at how many times Skyrim for Elder Scrolls has been re-released over the years. They announced an Elder Scrolls Six. They have not announced anything else besides it's happening. Dungeons and Dragons, you know, RPGs mm-hmm. more popular than they've ever been because people get to escape for a little bit and be a wizard or a troll yeah. or a mage or some shit. People love, you know, I, and I don't want to put them down. I got nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, interesting. Yeah. Well, it's like they get to do that, especially in the case of Dungeons and Dragons, more than probably any other property in fantasy. Then there was the big factor of the satanic panic and people saying, like, you can't play that. People are like, well, no, it's just a game. Fuck you. I want to play my game. Yeah. Is the, yet again, you know, the church trying to take something away from us. Like, I don't even, I'm not even part of your church. So, fuck, fuck off. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> look, really, if you're going to say, fan, fan, uh, not Final Fantasy, uh, Dungeons and Dragons is like satanic. You, wow. Okay. You're, you're on a myst- mystical quest. To read the word of evil half the time in that game, yeah, it's pretty. It's yeah, it's weird how the you know the the church and fantasy have never coexisted, despite you know the Bible being pure fucking fantasy. <laughs> There's talking snakes and big monsters, and a guy comes back to life. I mean, come on, are we gonna split hairs here, right? <laughs> well, it's funny you bring up Harry Potter. People are really about to experience that fantasy again. Well, those who are going to play the game, I know there's been a lot of fucking ridiculous controversy around it. Um, but, you know, they're releasing that Hogwarts le- legacy where they're literally saying, hey, look, this world you love, these films you love, play it. Have fun. Immerse yourself now virtually into this fantasy that you love so much and have a good time. And 
people are eating it up. Again, those who aren't, you know, boycotting the game. Have the church well, been getting involved in that controversy? No, they have not. It's weird because it's, you know, it's Harry Potter and it's transgender related. So I'm surprised the church hasn't been like, oh, well, let me step into this well, one. They tried years ago when the books were first coming out. I remember. Yeah. I think when they lost that, they went, okay, never mind. That's we not can't. usually how the church operates. Usually they wait for an opening and they're like, we're back. Remember us? Fuck you again. And we're back. Um, do you have time to talk about Jesus Christ? Because we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, did you uh, did you ever have a chance to watch? I can't remember. Did you have a chance to watch the Lord of the Rings or like House of the Dragon when they came out? I watched House of the Dragon. I thought that was not bad. Um, it took a while to get going for me, but it was, yeah. once it got going, it was good. Yeah, I, I thought the pacing was all over the fucking map, and it was weird mm-hmm. to kind of compress like thirty years into eight episodes or ten episodes. That was odd. I'm hoping that changes in season two. Same. Uh, I gave Lord of the Rings Rings of Power like two episodes, and it wasn't grabbing me so i just gave up oh see i i didn't watch both i really liked rings of power as it went on i think i think the first two episodes were kind of rough and then after that it like it started picking up a lot more um i'm actually really excited for what they do with season two but no i'm with you with the house i really liked it i really liked that first season um the yeah the weird pacing at times and getting used to one like main character just to have an actor different actor because they fucking skipped ahead like 20 years Player and I was like, okay, now I got to get used to this actress playing the character, you know. Um, yeah. But it was good. I'm very excited for what they do with season two, especially because it looks like we're getting a, a promised war. Unless it's like winter, the war's just constantly coming. No, I feel like this war, you know, people died. Like, blood is in the water. This is this is not going to be a slow war. No. Are there any, like, outside films, any, like, books or, like, fantasy games or anything like that you, you quite enjoy yourself? Um... I'm a I'm a big fan of the Dark Tower books, which you know we've talked about on here. Uh, I love you know I love dark fantasy. I love R-rated fantasy where it's not just you know fucking Care Bears. It's legitimate stakes and death and violence and a real a realistic touch. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a movie, uh, 2007 uh, Stardust, that is a really cool uh, kind of standalone fantasy epic based on a book by I believe Neil Gaiman. And uh, it's got, like, Charlie Cox, Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro, I Mark Strong. I know Charlie. Robert De Niro plays, like, somewhere kind of, like, Space Pirate or something like that. Yeah, Captain Shakespeare. <laughs> it's it's over. It's crazy, but it's it's a fun story and a really neat movie. Uh, I recommend that one. I think they're turning it into a, a series. I think they're rebooting it. Probably. I know my mom, uh, she loved that movie, so she had it and would watch it all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, big Lord of the Rings fan. Love the movies. Uh, Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies. I think that's a great fantasy. Uh, yeah, it's fantasy's a fun genre because you know it's kind of limitless. You can do mm-hmm. anything. You can yeah. even throw some like machinery and shit in there, like we saw with Red Sonia when he fights a robot, like crocodile or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> as long as people accept it, <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever you know. If we can have wizards and gems that could destroy the universe, why can't we have a robot crocodile? Okay. Fuck it. <laughs> the limit of this movie is your own imagination. <laughs> so you better have a good one. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sad. I'm big, we, I know I've talked about it too. I love The Dark Tower. I'm very looking forward to what Mike Flanagan is going to do with it for Amazon Prime. I have a question. I'm curious on your stance with this. Do you consider Star Wars to be sci-fi or fantasy? Ooh, that's a good one. Um... I see more sci-fi. 
But it's tough because it does include a lot of elements of fantasy into it. Yeah, it's especially. got the whole chosen one thing. And yeah. Yeah. It's, you can, but the, the cool thing, especially with the original trilogy, not necessarily with like the more recent films and stuff. And I would say the shows have been kind of harkening back to it. Like with Mandalorian, they've been harkening back to how it was, which yeah. is like, that's a series that kind of like, it was to me mainly sci-fi, but it would pull from so much other stuff. Like Lucas, to his credit, I know I kind of showed off him before in the past, but to his credit, he did pull from a lot of interesting genres like, you know, fantasy and westerns. You could tell there was a big, huge western influence in those first three films. Yeah. Um, you know, he just, whatever worked to make it work, he did. So I, I, uh, I, re- I, I do respect that part with the original trilogy. And again, the shows like The Mandalorian have been going back to that. Um, I don't, I never really saw that necessarily in like the prequels. In the sequel trilogy, they felt like just straight up sci fi films. I feel like sci-fi is always a bit more bleak than fantasy. <laughs> sci-fi is always like, you know, the world has changed and kind of moved on without you. And, you know, things are you know, governmental control and all that. And fantasy is kind of like the world is free and evil's trying to take it down. But, you know, you can save it. With yeah. sci-fi, it's like the world lost. You're not saving shit. Yeah, fantasy is <laughs> like, look, the, the enemy is um, a tower with an eye. And we need to take it down because this eye tower is really powerful. Sci-fi is always like we got a fascist government that's 300 years into its domain and no one can stop it. <laughs> Even if you kill the leader, there'll be one in his place. Yeah. It's, cool. And I love sci-fi too. I just, you know, sometimes a little optimism goes a long way. Lord of the Rings is uplifting. You know, I'm going to watch that, you know, and sure I'll watch a movie like, you know, Starship Troopers, which is fun. But also it's, you know, insanely fascist and very bleak. And, you know, people die. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's better than what I've heard the book is on that one. I tried to read the book. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I could get yeah, into it. Yeah, for Homan apparently hated the book. He's like, I'm not doing this. We're making it different. He's like, I need soap opera stars. I need white people playing, <laughs> playing Brazilians. And I need uh, bugs. Give me bugs. Give Lots me of them. the man with the most chiseled chin you can think of. <laughs> so when, I know some guy named Casper Van Dien. Show me. I want Busey's kid. <laughs> I want Denise Richards, and I want... I want another female aggressively going after our male character. I want that guy I'm pretty sure is from Melrose Place, but I'm not entirely sure about that. <laughs> I'm for hoping, goddammit. I love Starship Troopers to death, though. That is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. It's great. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's why... I, is there a debate on that with people? With Star- oh, well, I'm asking as if like the internet doesn't have a debate about something. <laughs> what, about like Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's got a sci-fi aesthetic, but a fantasy story, which is kind of makes it this weird hybrid. And there's definitely a, a you know, sides to that. I for me, it's like if it's got spaceships, it's sci-fi. I'm a pretty basic, you know, this or that kind of guy. So no, but you know, I'll accept an argument. Spaceships saw them out, but it's also got you know, like samurai-influenced space magic with the Jedi. So. You know? I mean, the lightsabers are basically swords. Yeah. It's the, you know, Lucas was pretty open that, like, you know, Kurosawa inspired the Code of the Jedi. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll, that was the question I came up with because admittedly I kind of had a hard time with this one. I was like, this film didn't present a lot of. Not really. And options. I haven't seen Conan the Barbarian since I was like 10. So, regrettably, <laughs> I can't bring a lot of that into the fold here. No, I, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's not one I've seen all the way through yet. All right, so on that, uh, unless we got more to add, we are 
we are good to move on to Development Hill. All right, so a film adaptation was announced in 1983 with, you won't believe this, Animation King Ralph Bakshi ah, directing. Wizards. Yes. <laughs> I, I saw that. I was like, there was no way he was first attached to this. That would have kicked that. Ralph Bakshi's Red Sonja. I, that I would, would be fun. That would yeah. be a cool one. I would have, that probably would have been really cool. <laughs> well, they fucked around, though. Production was pushed back a year, and they would replace him with Richard Flesher, who had previously directed Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, to uh, great success. Question mark? <laughs> Box office success because it was the first sequel, but critical success? Probably not so much. Fleischer. Usually how it goes with sequels, like the, the first sequel was a hit because everyone was like, oh my God, we got another one. And then after that. Ugh. Now, as you're looking up the box office, I'm assuming. I was looking up Fleischer. I want to see what other oh. franchises did you fuck up? And apparently Amityville. He was one of those too. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Good, good for him. Good career. <laughs> now, speaking on that note, before I go into the casting on this thing. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. To explain why this is both a spinoff but not a spinoff, Arnold Schwarzenegger was originally intended to reprise his role as Conan. Originally. He signed on to be Conan. Star of the comic book in which Red Soldier first appeared. But somehow or another... The film didn't have the rights to his name. If this was a greenlit official third movie, how did that happen? That got pushed back a year, I should point out. Uh, so, like, it ran out? I, 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 maybe. I don't know. That's what the, apparently that's what happened. That's why it's like a, a spinoff, but not a spinoff. Because, yes, he was going to be Conan. It was going to be very much in that ward. But they didn't have the rights to his name. So they were like, fuck. That's it's oh my god, what a fuck up! That that is the main reason why he is Card Calador. Now, fans, to try to find a way to make this work in their heads, <laughs> as we tend to do, uh, they've come up with an unofficial explanation that Calador is merely a traveling name, which is a common feature in the fantasy genre to begin with, where they adopt some other name so yeah. no one knows who they actually are. Yeah, Ben Kenobi. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. You know what? Sure. Funny how nobody else recognized him. Like, hey, you look suspiciously like a certain barbarian. <laughs> Didn't you do some destroying once? <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah. Well, I guess that's their part. Like, I guess it's that's their part of the theory. Like, it takes place somewhere where they may not have heard of him. So it, it works out. Why not? Okay, sure. <laughs> like I said, it's a fan theory. It's what they've latched on to to say, like, okay, this is how we can explain it. No one from this production has ever said otherwise. Probably because the movie sucked so hard that nobody bothered to, you know, bring forth an official explanation because people stopped asking pretty quickly. <laughs> yes. So that's that's why. That that explains my beginning. I said, like, not spinoff, but spinoff because it is, but it isn't. It, it's fucking stupid. Um, as for the casting process, before I move on to the other people, this one you found uh, when we were watching, but I want to point out and make sure it's on the air. <laughs> <laughs> so starting with Schwarzenegger, he was originally he originally signed on only to be a glorified cameo, which he did as a favor to producer. Here it comes, ladies and gentlemen, Dino De Laurentiis. Ah, there's the rub. There it is. Yeah, 
I love that he was like, I will be Conan briefly. And it was going to be like a, Red Sonia, you too are quite a barbarian. Here, take this sword. If you ever need me, don't ask. I, they can't afford me. <laughs> and she gets a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not how it happened, folks. <laughs> because he was quite surprised himself. Schwarzenegger, not Dale Rantis, because he conceived this whole shit. Yeah, he wasn't surprised. Yeah. Schwarzenegger was surprised when he stayed on set for four fucking weeks. Three weeks longer than expected for his cameo. A cameo is supposed to take like a day and a half. This, yeah, he should have. Frankly, Arnold should have realized. I think they. I think I might be more involved than well, I was led to believe. I wonder if the reported affair between him and the main star kept him going for those four weeks. That right in the middle of her marriage to Sylvester Stallone, which finally gives a reason to the beef they've had for most of the 20th century. Like, <laughs> great. <laughs> so I wonder if he did have a suspicion, but then they started their affair. And he's like, you know what? This is pretty good. I'll stay. <laughs> I can I can wait. That that never comes up when they're talking about the feud. It's like, oh yeah, Sly's like, oh I was you know, I was going after projects and he was going after projects. I did Rambo, he did Commando, and it's never like, oh he and he fucked my wife. <laughs> that would kind of be the first thing I'd talk about. It's like, why do you hate Arnold Schwarzenegger? Well, let me tell you. Let me start. <laughs> Now, we don't know this. I, that's just my theory. Fan theory is that Brigitte Nelson was keeping that shit on lockdown for four weeks to keep him going. <laughs> um, uh, but he would discover this. He would discover the role. his role had been greatly expanded uh, to co-star thanks to crafty angles and multiple cameras after watching a rough cut. That's when he finally went, wow, I'm in this a lot more than... <laughs> Than I sign on for. That's hilarious. He's watching the dailies and he's like, why am I in every shot? I thought this was about Bridget. <laughs> Dino, the fuck? Bridget, my trailer, now. Dino, you lied to me. Why'd you lie to me, Dino? And that's when him and Bridget had the most aggressive sex out there. Yeah. He got hate fucked by Laurentas, so he hate fucked Bridget back. That's how Hollywood works. I just love he was just saying all his lines. You've been terminated. <laughs> You're going to conquer a conqueror. <laughs> yeah. I just love like before they start, he says his big spill from the Conan the Barbarian. Oh, my God. Bridget, before we before we get started here, you know what you have to say. She's like, oh, Conan, what is best in life? <laughs> and then he does the thing. He does. <laughs> Completely in character. <laughs> he puts on the headband. You got the sword on the hilt. <laughs> Point is, look, Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of my top favorite action stars. I don't condone the insane amount of cheating this man did. <laughs> he was married to Maria Shriver. Holy shit. Here's the thing, though. When you're Mr. Universe... And the biggest box office star in the world. Who the hell thought he was being faithful? Are you kidding me? His wife or his ex? Yeah, I can't. She? No, Maria. Come on. You had to, you had to suspect something. You think she watched like Carmen Maria and went, hmm, when he made his speech? Like, maybe. <laughs> You don't think every woman who wandered out of that mansion with wobbly legs was, you know, 
Playing with Conan's sword? Come on. We're, you can't be that delusional. <laughs> I just had a, a, a visual of a woman just walking out, like, badly walking after some rumpus time with Schwarzenegger. Yeah. It's, none of them. All of them. Like, being famous equates What's, to quite a okay. lot of cheating. Before we get back into this, what's really crazy about this whole thing, yeah. real quick, is when he ran for governor and all those women came out about what he did to them, and he went, sorry, and the whole time Maria was like, he's better now. A whole lot of women just came out, Maria. It took, what? oh my God, it took fathering a child secretly for like 13 years with the maid for her to go like, that's the line. You ever seen that kid? No. He looks like a browner Arnold Schwarzenegger. You have to be a fucking idiot to not realize he was the father of this muscular-ass giant child. <laughs> no. <sighs> Maria was quite surprised that day. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. But, yeah. you know, he ran Republican, so they condone quite a lot of cheating. This is true. Um, but, yeah, so as far as to wrap this shit up on Schwarzenegger... Uh, in response, Schwarzenegger decided to terminate his 10-year contract with De Laurentiis. Yeah, and we mean like business-like, not like, you know, with a shotgun. I, I figured both. I saw terminate. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, God. <laughs> I, I bet, when he, stuff, I bet when he went up to Dino and he's like, I'm terminating my contract. And Dino's like, ah, nice one, Arnold. Like, no, I, I don't work for you anymore. You fucked me. <laughs> I won't be back. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that ends their relationship. I guarantee you, not the last time Dave Laurentiis will be on this show. That man was a fucking prolific producer back in the day. Not necessarily the best one. Uh, so now, as far as our title character, they went through quite a bit of names before we got to who we have in the film. Um, first up, S- Sandal Bergman, I believe is how you say it. Yeah. Uh, she played the love interest in Conan the Barbarian, actually. Um, she was she was offered the title role. She turned it down to play the villain instead, so she pops up as the, the villain, Queen uh, Ghidrin. Okay. So again, spinoff, but not a spinoff. Yeah, typically in, you know, same franchise films, you don't have multiple people playing different characters. Not always. Sometimes you do. Sometimes, but it's usually they're willing to admit, yeah, it's part of the franchise. Yeah. It's, yeah, and she was, she sucked anyway, so. Yeah, yeah I hope, I hope she's better than Barbarian, because I didn't really like her as a villain. Um, next up, Lawrence Landon was considered next, until Day Laurentiis discovered she was in an earlier film called Hundra. Um, I guess it's similar, because he feared it was too similar and decided not to give her the part. Bergman was in Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> was that not too similar? That's some bullshit. There's another reason. No, again, again, <laughs> again. Spinoff, but not spinoff. <laughs> I can't say that part enough. Oh, God. <laughs> so dumb. Yes. This one's weird. Um... In 2015, on an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, boy. Yes. Soap <laughs> opera actress Aileen Davidson revealed she auditioned for the role and was the runner-up to uh, Bridget Nelson. She didn't get it. I couldn't find a reason why. 
Well, <coughs> at least we know she had a prolific and reasonable career afterwards. Yeah, she was a royal housewife in Beverly Hills. Yeah. I think that show's still going, too. They're all still going. Reality TV never gets canceled. <laughs> Jerry did. What did? Jerry Springer. Yeah, but now it's like Judge Jerry. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. He didn't get Hell canceled. Yeah. He just moved. That's what I'm, ta- <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, Jerry. <laughs> Give us the trash you've given us for over, like, what, two, three decades now? we got to do the Jerry Springer movie at one point. That was a movie? He play- Yeah, it was a movie called, it's called Ringmaster in, like, the late 90s where he played a trashy talk show host who has, like, an epiphany and something. It's It was apparently horrendous, but it's the only film he ever did. So, like, the opposite of his career where he actually started out a respectable journalist and then had an epiphany of, if I do trash. He was, like, the mayor of Cincinnati, and then he paid for a hooker with a check to services rendered... And no more politician. <laughs> like how that's what he wrote. Services are rendered. Oh, yeah. It's it's the funniest fucking story. What an idiot. <laughs> Personal check going to be okay? Oh, yeah, of course. They know that that part on the check where you put, like, what's the for? That does not have to be filled out. <laughs> well, apparently he felt the need to put, add that into his, you know, his checkbook, make sure it was balanced so he knew where this, like, $200 went. God damn it. So I'll say most people... In case you're, for those who even know what checks are nowadays, and if you're young, younger, uh, the part where you have to write down the reason why, you don't have to write it down. So if it's for secret reasons, don't write it down. Or if it's for secret reasons, fucking pay cash. Yeah, don't use a check. <laughs> who uses checks today, anyway? Uh, but somehow he was able to parlay that into, you know, the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> Become like the king of fucking early morning filth yep. on television. Daytime trash. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> so, because of that, uh, options were trying up, and it took De Laurentiis almost a year to find an actress, and I kid you not, Amazonian enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like picturing how- the ad in Variety. Wanted Amazon... For sword and sorcery movie called, called De Laurentiis Productions to schedule interview. We will need to see a lot of leg. So much leg. <laughs> it's, it's 80s. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's literally what I said. He was looking for someone Amazonian enough in a fucking fantasy pick. Um, like, that really matters to play the part. Um, until he finally discovered Nielsen on the cover of a fashion magazine eight weeks before production was scheduled to commence. Damn. If he just hadn't found that magazine, we wouldn't have had this dog shit movie. Yeah, if he didn't jerk off to a magazine one day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he discovered her in this fashion magazine in his bathroom. Yeah, I was say, tell me he was looking at that for the fashion. He saw this woman and went, I have two ideals. Let me take care of the first one right now. It's going to take me like two minutes. And then the other one... I love it. He picked up the magazine. He's like, I have my my Amazon. And 20 minutes later, he he called his people like, get me Bridget Nielsen. Who? Do you have a picture? I I mean, look, I have a magazine. I don't think you want it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Just go to a newsstand, pick up this magazine. It's this week's issue. You can't have mine. I'm not going to tell you why. Oh, 
God. And Schwarzenegger, he he got he did more than just go to the bathroom. He he was like, I'm taking you to my trailer. Yeah, Arnold doesn't he doesn't use pictures. He uses women, as we've seen over his career. Get to the chopper. Oh. Oh. So, with all that said, I couldn't really find anything on the actual production. It looks like nothing really went awry enough to get ran about. Um, the only thing I've noticed that, of all people, Ennio Morricone. Morricone. Ennio Morricone. E. Uh, <laughs> Morricone. Uh, does the... There it is. I mostly did it for your reaction. Uh, he does the score for this. Which I wasn't expecting, and I'll say it, not my favorite score from him. It's not, but it's like the only thing this movie has going for it. <laughs> I think we both had a moment of like when his when his voice, or not his voice, when his name popped up in the credits, we're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, film composers, they, you know, they go where the work is. Not everyone's, you know, doing classics. I'm sure John Williams has done some bullshit, too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see his name. Randomly on me, we like, really, he did this? <laughs> well, so with that, uh, the film, like I said, it would release being a box office bomb. I looked at the, the budget and uh, the, the box office, not even, I don't even think it went past its budget. It was sad. Um, and it was destroyed by critics. They did not like it whatsoever. Um, Schwarzenegger himself would even comment saying it was the worst film he ever made and joked he would make his kids watch it 10 times in a row as punishment. If they ever get out of line. I mean, I feel like there's more to worry about in your home. Schwarzenegger than your kids getting out of line, but... Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of emotional neglect going on there. Especially towards mommy. Maybe work on your marriage, buddy. Well, he can't anymore, can he? No, she she pulled the cord. Speaking of uh, 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 cheating um, couples... Um, a remake would get in house in 2008 with Robert Rodriguez directing and Rose McGowan starring. Ooh... Ooh, for those who don't know, I'll give you a little story here. Rodriguez was married with, like, five kids um, to his wife, who, by the way, supported him in his, because I read his book, supported him fully in getting his dreams of being a director done and accomplished. And um, he cast what was going in the uh, Grindhouse film, and they started an affair, and... They he got divorced. They're no longer together anyway. And now Rose McGowan apparently has gone quite heavy with I think like political stances and stuff. And doesn't really act a whole lot. Yeah, she was one of the vo- most vocal when the Me Too movement started. But uh, even I think I don't think they wanted her involved because she has. A, there were other problems. <laughs> I don't know the full stories. So I don't want to go into it, but I do remember people being like, "We don't want her to be the spokesperson of this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, yeah, she was like. She had a right to say something, but I do remember, yeah, there was, like, other shit revolved around. And, like, yes, I'm sure, like, the fact that she was like, I'm just going to break this marriage. Don't care. <laughs> and Red Sonja 08 never happened. Yep. So that's the next thing. So there's the backstory on those two, for those wondering why I made that comment, because that's the little thing on Robert Rodriguez. Not shitting on them. I I do like quite a bit of Rodriguez films. I'm just saying kind of a shitty thing to do. When yeah, to walk out on your wife who supported your dreams and, you know, is the mother of your children and be like, I'm going to fuck that redhead. Yeah, yeah that's bad. It's pretty shitty. <laughs> um, I know you're not like this was at the time, because I don't remember at the time, I, you know, my girl was hot, but come on, dude. Self-control. Rob. Rob. Uh, so as far as why that never happened, 
That was because after the failure of the 2011 Conan the Barbarian reboot, for those who don't know, that was when Jason Momoa decided on it. I remember that briefly. And, yes, and I feel like if you made it now, probably more successful because more people know who Jason Momoa is. 100% would work um, today, yeah. Because let's be honest, like, like I'll say it, like, I saw it, I did not hate it, and Momoa would have been a great Conan. Like, the guy's big, he has the range for it. I'm not saying that against him, like, I'm saying he has, he could pull it off, I think. You know, Conan's a Marvel comic. I say bring him into the MCU. Wouldn't that be the ultimate fuck you to DC with all the shit going on with them? They snatch Momoa, offer him like double what he was getting for Aquaman and make him the, the official Conan for, for Marvel. Yeah, that would, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I never, when I saw I saw the first, when I saw the first Aquaman theaters, aka the one that's the only one out currently because the second one keeps getting delayed, uh, I remember the part when like he turned and he goes, permission to come aboard. And, like, you could hear collectively every single female in that theater. Just like, oh, my God. Yeah. The room got a lot damper. Yeah. Triggered. <laughs> God. But, yeah, I, I think I do think it's interesting that, you know, the Mar- Marvel did a run of Conan comics. Yeah. And he's not really considered one of their characters, but he uh, is. There's, yeah. Well, I think it's it's a is an actual Marvel comic one of their imprints that they own. It's Marvel, straight. I have Marvel. a bunch of them. Okay, because I know yeah. like D, there's DC, but then they own like a shit ton of imprints. Yeah, Vertigo and all that. Yeah, that they can yeah. release our shit with. They just have their name recognition to back help back them up. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, it is weird how they do that. Um. And like I said, like because when the 20, 2011 one came out, that was was Game of Thrones first season out. It oh, ha- was it not out yet? I don't think it had happened yet. So he didn't even have the Game of Thrones recognition as Khal Drogo to uh, help back him up. It was literally like, hey, we got this unknown fucking Samoan guy that's not The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Momoa. I like Momoa more. Oh, Momoa's well, way better. He doesn't do all the bullshit The Rock's been doing. <laughs> he fails. He just takes the takes the L and moves on. He's not like, no. I actually succeeded. It's, it's the numbers. The numbers lie. Trust me. It's great. Go go see it. Go see it. It's not in the theaters anymore, Rock. Go. Go take it. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't trying to convince people to go watch Conan Barry. He just went, oh, okay. I'll just audition for the server role. End up getting Game of Thrones and Aquaman and look at him now. Yeah. So, Bad guy in Fast X. He replaced the Rock. <laughs> he took- I love that Vin Diesel won't admit that he is just grabbing people that are just the Rock at Jason in his life. Yeah, if he can't get wrestlers, he's going to get a Samoan. Yeah, he's like, look, okay, so I got John Cena. Okay, and then John Cena, after one minute, he went, I'm done with this bullshit because I'm John fucking Cena. <laughs> and he went, fuck, is there a Samoan? <gasps> Momoa. <laughs> you combine John Cena and, you, and Jason Momoa, you get you get Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> That's not an accident. <laughs> I laugh if he somehow pulls off Dave Bautista in like, the, the very last film, the one after this one. Now, if, he, if, if so, he'd have to say, like, I'm going to film you for a cameo, but we're going to keep you around for a while. And then during the dailies, Batista realizes he's the bad guy. <laughs> and Batista's the only one pulling a good performance in that movie. As we saw a knock at the cabin, that guy can fucking act. Yes, he can. He's so above this now, he, there's no way in hell. Yeah. I was fucking, look, real quick, I know we had a whole week of shitting on Shyamalan for it. In my development hell here, whole week shitting on Shyamalan, but if you need... I want to check something out. Check out Knock at the Cabin. It is actually pretty, pretty good. Um, for once, not so to dialogue, good performances. Again, Dave Bautista blows it out of the water. Everyone else good. Rue Grant's really good. The, uh, the little girl playing the daughter, she was very, very, very good, especially compared to the kids in old. <laughs> it's not really a horror, though. I'd, I'd throw it. It's more of a more of a dark drama. But uh, 
really good movie. I was I was impressed. So bring it on. Go see it. What well, uh yeah, so with that said, let's wrap up development hell with this. So after that failure, right, of the twenty eleven Conan the Barbarian reboot, they would both unsurprisingly, because they were fucking, uh back out of the film. <laughs> Not each other though. Uh <laughs> They would both back out, and the film would be stuck in development hell since. If you look on Wikipedia, it has a cast. It has a bunch of people attached to it, but there's still no release date, so no actual hope that this is coming out. It's weird, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there's it's been enough of a, of a gap between the 85 one and this one where people are willing, I believe, to give it a chance. I, I don't know if it'll be good, but, you know, try to make it good. Yeah, it. If anything, you have a chance because they're not getting that King Conan off the ground anytime soon, apparently. You know, Schwarzenegger has been trying. You could probably get Arnold back as Lord Calador if you just tell him he'll only be there for like a day. But then just, you know, keep stringing him along. If that happened to him again, he might kill somebody. He might kill the main actress, so let's, let's be safe. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's actually, that's all I have on Development Hill. Have anything to add? Uh... I'm sorry, Sly. You were the offended party. <laughs> you Adrian. We did it. He took Rocky from you, and Arnold took Bridget from you. You know, he's. I heard he's doing like some reality show with his current wife and kids. Yeah, I heard. And I'm like, why, Stallone? Don't you have like a successful show right now on uh, Paramount Plus at yeah. Tulsa King? Tulsa King. Yeah, yeah. he got renewed for a second season. Yeah, aren't you working on Expendables 4? Like, you don't need this. I don't give yeah. a shit about your weird family. I want, you know, you playing. Yeah, I don't, ca- I don't care. I don't give a shit about your actually pretty somewhat significantly younger wife than you. <laughs> Not like crazy. I think she's like in her 40s or 50s like that. Nothing crazy, but. It's just, I, I, didn't, I thought, you know, I thought that shit died with the Osbournes. Like, I don't need that again. No, no, apparently it didn't die. We want to watch famous people are. Uh, Revert to reality TV. No, we don't. <laughs> well, damn it. Uh, uh, Arnold's going to release a better one. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, all right. On that note, we can move on to our awards. Um, so first up, Zack Snyder, the worst scene. Would you, uh, would you come up with? There were options. This whole movie is one big ass, terrible scene. Uh, Ultimately, I went with the bizarre, sexually charged fight between Sonya and Kalidor, where she's like, I only fuck men who can fight me in combat. And he's like, is that so? No, that can best her in oh, combat. Oh, yeah, that can best her in combat. And he's like, well, I, I would like to throw my hat in the ring. And so they have a very shitty sword fight because nobody taught any choreography on this set. And they just keep pounding away at each other until they're both tired. It's a very obvious metaphor. <laughs> very obvious. At one point, the kid, and what makes them, they make the metaphor weird when, like, the kid jumps in. Yeah, he's like, ha-ha! <laughs> and then Schwarzenegger looks at him like, dude, don't be a cockblock. <laughs> that kid is just a walking cockblock, this whole movie. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that whole scene was – and it just peters out, and they just pass out, and no one fucks, and they're both kind of embarrassed, and then they just move on. Yeah, it's really – it's like, look, it's 80s PG-13. Like, I know you can get away with some shit. Like, are you serious right now? Like, this is what you give me? It's just some people having a, a petty sword fight. It peters out, and then nothing. Yeah. Unreal. So, yeah, that's what I went with. What did you go with? Good one. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. I put the, uh, when they're fighting the fucking sea cave monster robot thing <laughs> with the water, like, rapidly rising at the same time. It's just so ridiculous <laughs> because, like, 
So, uh, I'll tie her character hopes in no way, shape, or form for the longest time with this fight. Switching is the weirdest yell and like hops into the water. <laughs> After we've learned that he's just been creepily following them along. Well, I love he just grabs onto the thing for dear life and then almost drowns. Yeah, and then one point says, like, it's a robot, it's a robot, I can't kill it. Like, what what's the difference? Yeah. Rip its eyes out, and then it starts like shrieking and rolling, and they just leave. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fucking it's like, okay, look, the Troy of Fantasy movies is like watching what monsters are going to fight. And so when you can't deliver on that, what what am I watching for? And then just throwing <laughs> machines into this. Like Masters of the Universe did the same thing when we when Colton and I did that on this show a while back. He meant like they got guns and shit, and there's like robots, but it's also like fantasy portals and and magic and whatnot. Magic and science combined is so it's a slippery slope to nonsense. <laughs> so you got to really be good at it, and I've yet to see it successfully pulled off. No, it's it's a it's a weird slope to do, and it's just. It never makes sense. It does not. In fact, I'd go, I think Dark Tower is probably the only time where it's worked out. Yeah, and even then, it worked out in the book, and then they tried doing shit in the movie. And Yeah. But we, we have a hole beyond the battle on that one. Yeah, and we've got hope, because Flanagan's got the got the reins now. Flanagan has the touch. He's got the power. <laughs> but he does. He is Midas. Every single King property he's touched has been fucking beautiful. Yeah. So let him do it. If anybody I'm, deserves it, it's him. Yeah. Let him do it. Give him his cast of regulars he likes to cast. You know, Kate Siegel's probably going to be in it because they're married and she's and all that stuff, which is actually not a dig because I, I think she's a really good actress. So, um, so you know, we'll get his regulars and all that stuff. I'm very curious on, like, who the, who he has in mind for uh, Roland. Mm, I think Ewan McGregor would make a decent man in black. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, he's worked with him on, on Dr. Sleep. Like I think he'd be he'd be my pick for yeah. going like big budget. Yeah, because we got to get past McConaughey. Like that seemed like an ideal pick until we got that movie. Right. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn. <laughs> I don't know to blame McConaughey or the script on that one. It's just like okay, well I guess I thought it was a good ideal. I think there's a lot of well we 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 talked about it. We know all the problems with the Dark Tower. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Oh God. But yeah, that pick for you. I mean, you and McGregor and anything. I I fucking love that guy. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was my scene. Just the dumbest fucking fight scene I had to watch. Then <laughs> 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 she just hops in the water and, you know, can maintain her entire clothing that looks like it's ready to come off in any second. <laughs> uh, all right. Now for our newly named M. Night Shyamalan. The worst line. Yeah. Edward. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. You know what, Edward? You at least knew what you were doing. And like you, 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 you knew what kind of movies you were making. I should say you, you were aware. Shyamalan is making your quality movies. He just doesn't seem to realize it. Uh, so he is now the worst line award. I love that we're doing that. Uh, mine comes from I think his name was Fal. Now Falcor is the dragon from Never Ending Story. What was this guy's name? I think it was Falcon. Fal Falk Falcon Falcon Falconini. I don't know. Yeah, fucker. That's what I'm calling him. The dude that looks like he's from fucking New York. Uh, the chubby guy with the bone. <laughs> he's <laughs> He falls through, like, a, a tunnel somewhere, falls on, like, at the end of the movie, falls on the bad guy's dinner table or something, looks around and goes, how's the food around here? And I'm like, no, stop it. What is with all you idiots? I, there's so many bad characters in this movie, and I don't need a little quick one-liner from the fat guy being like, food, uh, I'm fat, uh, I don't need it. <laughs> past that at this point 
How dare you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, it, again, 80s, man. They If they had a chance to make fun of anyone that wasn't basically a straight white male, oh, yeah. they took it. Fat dudes, Asian kids, <laughs> and women of all kinds. <laughs> 80s had no chill about that. <laughs> Regrettably so, and this movie has all of them. Every last ounce. Oh, God. Mine was one that happened uh, very early on. I just thought it was the dumbest thing to say because it just... It's the most illiterate thing I think I've heard in my life. Oh, boy. But when you see her... We see our title character fighting with a randomly Asian master. They never explain, like, the nationalities in this region at all. It's just, like, the most... And I say this because it's the most... Like racist, stereotypical, like Asian caricature they could come up with for this movie. It's bad. Um, but uh, after the training, he looks at her and goes, You are the master of the master. I fucking hated that line as soon as he said, I was like, That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> you're the master or you're not. Like, that's how that works. I think he then tells her something like, You should smile more. It's like, Oh, God. Yeah, it, it is weird. It's like all of a sudden Red Sonia is like, you are now a samurai master. Go and save the world. And then she never fights well. At all. <laughs> At one point she gets like, you know, asked about having sex with a bad guy. And she's responds by like, I'll cut your dick off. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah. The, we call it the fuck toll. It was some guy who's like, hey, if you want to get past this, you got to get past this. If you know what I mean. And she's like, fuck you, man. And yeah, we get a big centerpiece fight that's horrible. Oh, yeah, it's it's terrible. I wonder if he did that for everyone. If he was, like, ahead of his time and, like, not discriminating against gender, he's like, it's a man, sir. I don't care. I choose to believe there is only one way to pay that toll. And, yeah, everyone has to pay it. He does not care gender. He's like, it pff, gets me off. I don't care. He's here for a good time, not a long time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, that, that's my line. I just really hated that line. I was like, I no, just say you are the master or <laughs> something like. Yeah, you have completed your training. Nah. It's yeah, it's <laughs> they convoluted it for no reason. Yeah, you are the master of the master of the second born of the chosen few. <laughs> okay, <laughs> glad we got that covered. And you are. <laughs> We don't get an introduction to this guy. We don't. He he's, disapp- he's got a giant, like, weird white hairdo and shoulder flags, and he's just the master because he's an old Asian man in this movie. It's, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, the next up, the Steven Seagal, the worst performance. What did, uh... What did you pick? Because uh, we had pickings quite a bit in this one. As terrible as everyone is in this, I no one was taking this away from Bridget Nelson. Oh, I put her down too. Yeah, she's fucking horrible. She's our lead, and she is she has no charisma, no presence. She's terrible at fighting. Like, why are we following this chick? Well, There's no. We established that Dale Laurentiis had his time with a magazine cover, and then went, "I want her because she made me feel good." I believe it. That's the only explanation. Because I don't know. I didn't see the audition, but if she was this good, I yeah, I don't know. To me, she'll always be Drago's weird Russian wife in Rocky Four, And that worked because she's supposed to be a emotionless robot in that. Oh, yeah. In this, 
no, we're supposed to. This is supposed to be our hero, and I didn't. I didn't feel it once. Not yeah, no, not once. She her line delivery is fucking god awful. In this, you kill my people. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I will not pay your fuck toll. I will kill you. <laughs> Give me back the amulet or whatever that was called. Yeah. And her weird, like, she's supposed to clearly have chemistry with, you know, not Conan, but t- definitely Conan. <laughs> and, and they don't. Like, I feel like Schwarzenegger was the only one trying because he thought it was a glorified cameo the whole time anyway. So he's like, I'll give it my all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And yeah. She knew. She knew what was up. Second place was that irritating little kid. Oh, I had him right now, too. I was like, this fucking kid. Yeah, Prince... Something I didn't get. I didn't catch a name. Prince Fuckface. Now, let me just, let me find out because honestly, I do not recall. I'm not calling him his real name. I hate him with a passion. Uh, Prince Tarn. Yeah, Prince Fuckface sounds better. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of which, you know what? That, that's a good segue to uh, the Michael Bay, the worst filmmaking decision. Would hey, you- how about having an annoying little kid the whole movie just <laughs> like, walk around? We're 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 twinning now because I put the same thing. How do you not? How do you watch this movie and not? be immediately incensed by this annoying little shit who's like king of you know king shit of fuck mountain being like kneel before me i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck you one day sonya he's like eight <laughs> it's so annoying oh and it's, the kid gets no redemption scene at all the whole movie he's this little fuck oh and he's got this fat guy walking around doing stuff for him the guy clearly that he, is oh. that he berates the whole movie. that's how we're introduced to him is this his i guess like his helper or whatever Trying to save him, and the kid just berating him, and it doesn't stop. And he's like rude to everyone, and he gets annoying. And yeah, he starts like saying, "I'm gonna get old enough to fuck you one day," <laughs> and and it's like that's creepy. And then like one point, like it, I, I remember we were joking about it, like the competition between him and Schwarzenegger it just felt like that was what should have been the end of the film. Uh, <laughs> it was so weird. And the kid just kind of jumps into every sword fight and is immediately dispatched of, like, you know, ha, I got this one, and then someone knocks his ass out, and he's like, ah! Yeah, oh, dude, the, <laughs> the, the big climactic fire, he's like, I'll go in and help you, and he gets knocked into a fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then gets trapped and has to get saved. And the whole time I thought, like, you can leave the kid. <laughs> oh, my God. The kid's like, he's the template for Jar Jar Binks. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I, I made the joke when we were watching when, like, Schwarzenegger had to pick up the fucking thing to let them through. I was like, what if he just dropped it on him, like, right now? Yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> the prince is dead. Long live the prince. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> even at the even at the end, I love when, like, the kid makes the calendar, like, and one day I hope for you to be for you to be my queen or some shit like that. Like, he still has hope, and she finally goes, like, that's sweet, but my eyes aren't, and basically, like, no, I'm going to fuck the... The man with the muscles and I'm fucking off camera. <laughs> yeah, it's like I appreciate that eight year old child, but I'm gonna bang the the Austrian bodybuilder over here. So, it, you know, deuces, deuces. I'm literally <laughs> when they say cut, we're going to our trailers. Yeah. Good luck with your destroyed country. Have a good one. Have a good one. I'm going to get railed out. <laughs> By the way, Falcor, whatever the hell your name is, you could always just push him down a hill and say it was the bad guys. No one will care. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, with all that negativity, now I'm moving on to the server lining. Was there any positives you took out of this film? Not really. Uh, so the consolation prize really is, you know, Morricone's score. It's a decent bit of music. <coughs> it's all the only positive I can really grab out of this because Morricone, even in the worst of films, can't phone it in. He's a goddamn artist. You so, think he just, like, as he was, like, doing his best work, he was just crying? 
at the quality of the film. No, if he was, he was drying his eyes with dollar bills. <laughs> He's like, oh, God. I have to give it my all, though. I think he was just like, no, 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 All right, here, play it and give me my money. <laughs> I got another fucking uh, Italian spaghetti restaurant to do. I got to do Once Upon a Time in America, bitch. Give me. <laughs> Come on. Come on. TikTok. <laughs> Let's go. TikTok, motherfucker. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that's a good one. Better than mine, because mine's. I just went with my base instinct of as a straight man and said that. Man, uh, Bridget Nielsen does look really good in the outfit. Like, oh my, God. that's your that's your silver that's lining. All I had. Bridget Nielsen's hot. Yes. Oh my God. You act like I haven't pulled that card before. I know. I just I'm always disappointed in you when you do it. <laughs> come up with a reason right <laughs> so i was like fuck it she does look really good in this outfit yes she does <laughs> at least i'm willing to say like look if i can come with anything i'm just gonna go to my base human nature here as a, as a straight man and just go oh she was hot <laughs> well good you know all right i went with art you went with she's hot fair enough <laughs> I would love if we were like at like an art gallery or something. You give like a really in depth like critique on like a painting, and I'm just like, yeah, it's cool, and just walk away. I feel like I'd be over here looking at like you know a Monet or something, being like, wow, look at the use of color. This is quite sad. And you're over here looking at like something called like Jugs Number Four, and you're just like, look at those. God damn, that's art. Hell yeah. And then you walk out with your jacket tied around your waist. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just interesting to me. <laughs> you have, like, really nice alcohol. I have a fucking, like, beer. <laughs> I'm also trying to hit on all the women that work there. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, this movie clearly didn't have a lot of a lot to offer, if that's what we're pulling. Yeah, because sometimes, like, I try to pull something like, well, at least it did this, or, you know, but I just could not figure it out. I was so bored throughout this movie. This felt like somebody who got, like, He-Man's Eternia castle toy in, like, the 80s was trying to make up their own story, but they didn't really know story structure that well, so they're just like, and then Kalidor shows up again, and look, a robot shark thing, ooh! <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> oh, well, yep, that's, that's what I went, that's what I went with. I went for most basis of human nature um, and with that unless you have anything more to add or any more disappointment from your end fucking spread <laughs> we can go to our next segment and find out what's in the box what's in the fucking box surprisingly this film has its uh its fans i don't doubt it a lot of them are in german which i found interesting <laughs> Uh, but this is rocking a 2.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. And I have four here that I hope will make you laugh. This first one's from Colin the Dude. Ennio Morricone gives even the smelliest of trash the illusion of grandeur. He tosses away film scores like the Candyman. Silver lining, one of Arnold's best worst performances. One and a half star. His silver lining is, hey, Arnold sucks pretty hard in this. <laughs> I can respect it. Honored is terrible. Silver lining. (laughs) 
Uh, this next one's from Christian DiMartino. Bridget is just awful, and this movie is just 90 minutes of bullshit, but I did find it unintentionally hilarious. One and a half star. I love the expression, 90 minutes of bullshit. Yeah. It's perfect. It feels like it. <laughs> uh, this next one's from Silvermania. We have Conan the Barbarian at home. One and a half star. <laughs> Yeah, Mom, can we get Conan? We got Conan at home. And this is what it is. <laughs> can we pretty watch one that has Conan? I love that. It does. It's just named something different, sweetie. And this last one is beautiful. This is the only like really positive review here. It's from Mac. Americans wouldn't know genuine enchantment if it fucked them in the ass. <laughs> Four and a half stars. I fucking love that. Just fuck you. Four and a half stars. That's my stance on so many things I love. (laughs) You like that? Fuck you. Yes, I do. (laughs) That's what's in the box. God damn. Oh, that was a good one in and on. (laughs) Fuck them in the That was a good. I that was funny. That wow. That what a way to end that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, he's not wrong though. Um, All right. Before I reveal what next week's episode is, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to show us a recommendation, feel free to email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate and support us in that week, find us on Anchor. Finally, feel free to get on our site, filmless.com, for review shows, articles, and all of our episodes. Also, follow all of us variously on the letterbox. See what we're uh, putting on there. Next week, it's the first time for all of us, we'll be taking a look at the 1971 obscure slasher film involving a real-life serial killer. He's not in the movie, but it involves him. Uh, the Zodiac Killer. This should be interesting. Very. I did a brief thing looking at I try not to get too heavy in my research before... You know, the, you know, I watch it, but like looking briefly at him, like, did you really just base this off the fucking Zodiac Killer and make a slasher film out of this? <laughs> during, during the the killing, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, this should be very interesting. I'm starting to see why it may be, uh, why it has its status in film history now. I just recently watched David Fincher's 2007 masterpiece Zodiac, which tells the story pretty good. So I will be comparing just because I watched that like. A week ago. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of this, but apparently it came and went, and everyone was kind of like, too soon? Jesus Christ. And <laughs> it kind of fell off, but it's it's on Tubi if you want to watch it. It'll hold Tubi. Yeah, yeah so should be uh, interesting to tackle that one. Um, on Filmgasm, we're going to change it up. Josh and myself will be hosting to take a look at a miracle in finishing a film decades later, New York and Ninja. Yeah. I happen to be here, so I watched it. It's a weird-ass movie, but uh, has more of a beyond-the-bad feel than a filmgasm feel, but the story is pretty awesome. And, you know, they're going to talk about lost films and reclaiming them and whatnot. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. I was doing the script for this when you were watching it, so I actually still got to actually watch it without doing something else. Um, you watched it without dialogue, which is kind of how... How a lot of people watched it yeah, initially. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a bit. Because um, I was listening to my podcast, some podcasts while I was doing my thing. Um, yeah, hopefully I like it enough, and I'll end up if I do, I'll just end up getting that comic that's on Vinegar Syndrome. 
that's a sequel to it. So, and it's only twelve bucks on Oscar Sunday. They'll be taking a look at one of the best pirate movies and also one of the best based off of theme park attraction movies. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Poor. I believe um, we have a special guest for that one. Am I right? We do indeed. Uh, Fake True Stories co-host Isabel Gonzalez is going to be joining us for her first ever Oscar Sunday. So it's going to be me, her, and Austin tackling Pirates, one of our collectively of all three of us favorite movies. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Um I definitely look forward to listening to that one as I am quite a big fan of that initial trilogy. Four and five can kind of go fuck themselves, but that initial trilogy is great. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, until then, if you're making a spinoff to a hugely successful fantasy film, maybe make sure you have the rights to the character first. Until then, see you all next week on Beyond the Bad. <laughs>